Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. It's good to be back after taking a little week sabbatical. Our chapter day journey is in 1 Samuel 15 this morning, and it was verse 21 that resonated with me. It says, the soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Today's podcast is entitled, Plunder. Plundering has been a key aspect of warfare for as long as people have made war on one another. In fact, throughout history, there have been people groups, warrior cultures, who made themselves rich by attacking weaker people groups and plundering all of their possessions as their own. Part of the horror of the Holocaust less than 100 years ago was the fact that the Nazis drove Jewish families from their homes, sent them to death camps, and then plundered all of their possessions. Even American soldiers plundered as they fought their way through Europe to Berlin and in Southeast Asia. Plundering has always been a part of warfare. In today's chapter, it's important to place Samuel's directive to King Saul in this light. Now, the Amalekites were a nomadic people who had violently opposed God and set themselves against God's people all the way back since the days of Abraham. You read about them in Genesis and then in the times of Moses and Joshua in Exodus and the book of Joshua and throughout the days of the judges in the book of Judges. When Samuel gives Saul the instruction to destroy the Amalekites, The ancient Hebrew word refers to the irrevocable giving over of things or persons to God. In other words, when Samuel tells Saul to destroy the Amalekites, he meant no plundering. It's all to God. Destroy it all. Of course, this directive would not have been popular with the fighting men who saw plunder as the reward for putting their lives on the line. Plundering was viewed as a right and a privilege of taking part in warfare. There would have been grumbling and complaining. There might even have been talking amidst the Israeli troops of desertion or rebellion. This moment is a test of Saul's leadership, and he fails. Saul compromises on carrying out the directive, allowing his men to plunder the quote-unquote the best of the Amalekites' hoard. He then set up a monument in his own honor after the victory. When confronted by Samuel, Saul tries to justify his actions before confessing that yes, indeed, he was afraid of his own men. Samuel then declares that God had rejected Saul as king. For his disobedience. Now, I noticed a small detail in the text that I believe might often be overlooked. When Saul is justifying his disobedience, he twice tells Samuel that they took the Amalekite plunder in order to sacrifice that plunder, quote, to the Lord your God, end quote. Hmm, the Lord your God. As Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
Saul distances himself from God and God's command. This is your God, Samuel. We did this to make sacrifices to your God. And this got me thinking this morning about my own relationship with God. I have long observed people who relate to God as other. Jesus, however, was quite specific about his desire to be one with his followers, just as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one in that mysterious union of being that is beyond human comprehension. I don't consider God to be other. I consider God to be intimately personal, connected, and one with me, and me with God, in ways that I can't even comprehend. As I wrap up my quiet time this morning and launch into a busy work week, I'm not leaving God behind in the quiet. As St. Patrick's Prayer so aptly communicates, God goes with me, within me, before me, beside me, above me, behind me, on my right and on my left. This, in turn, changes the way I think about my entire week. I'm living this life to surrender and serve Christ, not to plunder this world. I hope you have a great day, my friend. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be back tomorrow morning.